0: Shadow Life, a podcast. Roman escapes. Put your feet right there and don't fucking move, you hear? The jailer said, pointing at two feet cutouts painted on the floor. Then he got behind the camera. The flash was blinding. Roman Carroll Bailey, 98155, July 14th, 1982. The little white letters spelled out on a black placard would define him from now on. Prisoner. Things seemed to be lining up for Roman. Dreams were coming into fruition. Jail. Roman was booked, photographed, and processed strip searched and led back to his holding cell until the deputies moved him up to the fourth floor maximum security for the worst offenders for the escape risk you might as well just cool your jets there son and get used to the idea of being behind bars for a long time ain't no escaping from this here jail no sir never has happened and likely never will see you're up on the top floor here there ain't no windows to climb out of, that's for sure. The big-bellied deputy laughed. We got all of them electronic doors and video cameras all over the place. The deputy was grinning from ear to ear. Later that night, when the jailer finished watching The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, two deputies came to a cell. Handcuffed and shackled, shuffled from the holding cell to the hallway, escorted down to the elevator in silence, rode up to the fourth floor. The overweight black deputy that was leading him down the hall to his new accommodations hadn't said a word until they reached D block. Here you go. and Don't make no trouble, there won't be no trouble. Better make friends, cause this ain't Sunday school. And we don't intervene, read me boy. The deputy behind Roman removed his chains and cuffs Open the steel, solid steel door, and motion Roman to enter. Roman nods. His stomach grows cold and his muscles start to tighten and coil. Memories of Indiana boys' school begin to flood his mind, just like old times. It was dark. That's what struck Roman first. The hall of the cell block was dark indeed. After he was shoved inside and he heard the steel door slam shut behind him, his senses went straight to 100% overdrive. The overhead fluorescent lights had been busted out. The only light came from the day room, the TV room, at the end of the hall. There were five cells on each side, two bunks per cell, Roman counted, as he stood there assessing his new environment. Blankets were draped over the bars of many of the cells. Dimly lit lights glowed from behind, muted sounds of music, hush talking, someone pissing in a steel toilet bowl, followed by a flush. Roman could smell the familiar scent of cannabis wafting down the hall, and thought to himself, ah, now that I could do with right about now. He proceeded to walk cautiously down the hallway. Three months later, As Roman sat in his cell, staring at the ceiling, his mind automatically switched on replay, drifted back to Moore's visit. I'm fine, really, Roman was saying. Oh yeah, I can see that. Looks like you're doing a wonderful job of it so far, Mora replied, looking at her son's black and blue face, biting her lip, trying not to cry. Again. Roman held the phone up as if he was going to hang up. He couldn't do that, wouldn't do that, not now, not to her. He realized how worried she probably was. After the initial breakdown of tears, and then the yelling, the focus mainly on his appearance, as if he'd taken up boxing or being someone's punching bag. It's fine, Mora, really. Just a miscommunication between me me and some of the guards, that's all. I'm fine. I'm fine. Then the conversation slipped back into how he seemed to be systematically ruining his life at their expense. All in all, it was a good visit. Roman had always gotten along better with Mora whenever there were a few thousand miles between them, some geographical phenomena. Somewhere toward the end of the lecture on how Roman was going to turn his life around, the conversation turned to Aaron Rose. Moore said that she was off on one of her vision quests, trips that Aaron Rose took to clear her mind and connect with the oneness of the universe. Yeah, okay. At the tune of $3,000 a pop, this Indian guy she knows drops her off in the middle of the woods with a few supplies and then comes back for her in a week. What kind of world was ER living in where you'd go and do something like that? Roman couldn't help but wonder. More then went on and said, I called her but never got an answer. Then her friend, you know, the one from her theater group? No, Mom. Yes, you know. With the blonde hair? No, Mom. With the little dog? No, Mom. Okay, whatever. Yes, I know her. No, you don't. Why would you say that? Why would you tell me that if you don't? I swear, I I don't understand you sometimes. And that's how it would go. Seemingly every conversation we had ever had, until Roman rolled his eyes, threw up his hands, and walked away. Well, her friend even called me to see if your sister was with me. I told her no, I hadn't heard from her in days. I tried to call you, but never got an answer. I had no idea where you were, what you were up to. No one had, until now. Roman lifted his head to meet her eyes. Okay, mother, what's the big deal? So Aaron Rose split for a few days. If I remember correctly, she's 21 now. She could do whatever she wants. She can more interrupted Roman mid-sentence. She tried to kill herself, Roman. And no one knew where in the world you were. Aaron Rose had gotten a hold of some pills. The doctor said overdose I don't know and there were other things too she had cut herself there were many so many cuts they said she was found naked curled up in a pool of her own blood trembling and shaking all over they put her in a psych unit we're moving we're having her move to Waverly Hospital in the Smoky Mountains it's a great place for her to mend I should know I've spent some time there myself "'for my troubles.' "'Mora looked at her hands and back at Roman, "'her eyes wet with tears. "'Fucking hell, I didn't know any of this,' "'Roman started, then realizing how in the world would he. "'He'd been so self-involved with his own troubles "'he hardly had time to think of anyone else.' "'Mora regained some of her composure "'and spoke into the phone. "'Good Lord, what in heaven's name "'have you got yourself into this time? "'Why?' Why do you do this to yourself, to me? Roman just sat there on the other end of the line, silent, barely getting the words out to apologize. The police said that you and some other kids broke into a coal mining company. What in God's green earth did you do that for, Mora demanded. That you stole some money, a gun, and then vandalized their offices? As if that wasn't bad enough. They're saying you broke into a church, too? A church, Roman? A goddamn church? What's wrong with you, more broke-down sobbing? We... We... I... I was only planning on screwing up their equipment, you know, that they use to destroy the mountains. You know what they're doing... You know what the coal companies are up to? They're raping the land here. It's bullshit and no one cares. So, a couple of us, we wanted to do something. Let everyone know we give a shit. Well, things got out of control. One thing led to another. We vandalized the trailers, we spray painted. Stop raping the earth. Someone broke into one of the tr- someone broke into the supervisor's trailer and discovered a cash box, and the pistol. We shot up the equipment, a few outbuildings, a couple of barrels of diesel. What the coal companies have done is far worse than anything we did. Roman said defiantly, "That isn't the point, Roman, and you know it." Moore replied. Well, then, what about the church? Why did you forget it? I can only imagine all the reasons you thought you had to do that more sighed heavily. Well, John and I are working on getting you out of here. It might take a little time, but he's got some friends that might be able to help. Just stay out of trouble, okay? Can you do that, Roman? Please? Tell me, have you heard from Reverend Rob, your father, lately? Six months go by and not a word from anyone. His court-appointed lawyer told him the trial was rescheduled due to a clerical error or some bullshit. It was later that afternoon... By the time the idea had begun to form in Roman's mind, he had to get out of there. He had to see Aaron Rose. Frank Wilding was serving six months for stealing a hearse from a local funeral home. Then taking a joy ride with his girlfriend. The only problem was that poor old Mr. Tompkins was still in the back waiting to go to his final resting place roman and frank became friends almost immediately upon roman's incarceration frank had a wild streak a mile wide and he never backed down from anybody he liked to smoke grass and made his own shine roman learned how to make jailhouse wine or hooch as frank called it and he showed roman how to take fruit sugar and yeast the process of fermentation and had to let it simmer to make a jug of house wine that would, as he put it, put your dick in the dirt. Roman looked at Frank one night as they shared a joint smuggled in by one of the jail's trustees. I can't go to the castle. I just won't. I know deep down in the very marrow of my bones. Down and deep in my bones, I know I won't survive in there. Roman confided in Frank, and Roman told Frank what had happened with Aaron Rose, that he had to get out, he had to see her, if only for one last time, I have to see if there's anything I can do for her, she's different than most people, always has been, but she's lost and she doesn't want to go on anymore, and evidently she doesn't want to go on anymore, I've got to try and do something, Roman sighed. The intensity in Roman's eyes gave Frank some pause. Well then, shit, alright. If you gotta go, then let's go. Frank said, slapped his leg and took a big draw on the joint. Hold on, cowboy, Roman said. You've only got like, what, two more months left on your sentence? And you want to break out of this place with me? That's insane. Why would you do that, Roman said. asked him. Well, yeah, you got a point there. That's sure enough crazy, but I'm bored to tears in here. I sure could use night out if you know what I mean, Frank said with a smile, knowing what Roman was thinking. Frank and Roman spent the next three days working out their plan. The one facet of it that Roman didn't like was the part where he'd have to rely on jail trustees in order to pull it off. Roman was just naturally suspicious of strangers and depending on one made him very nervous. Oh, it's gonna be fine, Frank told Roman. I've known that Ray my whole life. He can be trusted, I give you my word. Frank looked into Roman's eyes and said, I wouldn't chance it otherwise. So that's that, Roman thought, the final piece of their plan. If Ray, the trustee held up his end, it just might work. Roman knew much of it depended on a good amount of luck. There was only so much planning one could do. In the end, it all came down to timing. And most of that had to do with luck. Roman and Frank sat in their cell with a blanket hung over the bars and Frank's boombox blaring as Roman outlined the plan. He pointed up into the air vent above the stainless steel toilet about a foot from the ceiling that's our way out Roman said Frank looked up at the 12 by 6 inch air conditioning vent then turned back to Roman Uh, so you're planning on squirming your way through the air duct system Roman just shook his head not at all we'll knock the vent out chisel around the opening it leaves just big enough for us to squirm through and drop down to the catwalk on the other side that's where the maintenance guys go for the plumbing to work on the plumbing It leads straight to the trustee cell, doesn't it? Frank began to smile. Yep, sure does. And that's where Ray comes in. Ray will make sure that door from the catwalk to the trustee cell is unlocked. Frank nodded his head approvingly. Yes, Roman replied. We know the trustee cell is never locked, right? They come and go whenever they want. They'll all be sound asleep by two in the morning anyway. Then we'll just tiptoe through their cell. Frank nodded affirmingly. All right, but then what? Frank just stared at Roman, suddenly doubting his friend had forgotten one very big, glaring problem. Uh, are you planning on walking out the front door? What about all the CCTV cameras? Roman leaned back and lit a cigarette. He looked at Frank expectantly and then said, Yes, well, this is the part where a little faith comes into play. No, I'm not planning on going out the front door. Roman begins humming the tune up on the roof by the drifters. When this old world starts getting me down And people are just too much for me to face I climb right up to the top of the stairs And let my cares just drift into space On the roof, it's peaceful as can be Roman stopped singing when Frank burst out laughing Brother, you are some kind of crazy (coughs) That's a fact, Frank responds I'm still not sure how you plan on dealing with the cameras, though, Frank. Again, broached the subject. Well, um, I'm really not, Roman replied. Frank stared at him, unsure if he was joking or serious. I don't believe that anybody even looks at those monitors unless something is happening. I mean, think about it. Who's on from midnight till 6 a.m. anyways? Fat Bubba Joe? and do you think for one second he'll be glued to the monitors at two in the morning or downstairs in his apartment taking a nap, hanging on the bars of the female cells trying to bribe one of the women to blow his fat ass? Roman laid it all out for Frank. He had gathered information from multiple sources, times the deputies checked in and out, when they ate, who worked on the fourth floor, the top floor, and where they were housed. Roman's plan was to make a batch of hooch for the entire cell block to celebrate the holidays. With Christmas just a few days away, get everyone good and drunk, turn up the volume on everyone's boom boxes, and play all of those Christmas carols. He'd use a steel leg he had worked loose from the bunk bed as a sledgehammer. They would chip away around the hole the vent left, and on Christmas Eve, when the jail would only have its skeleton staff, supervised by none other than fat-ass Bubba Joe, who, Roman was willing to bet his life that fat Bubba Joe would be downstairs in his little apartment, sound asleep, or trying to get his dick sucked from one of the prostitutes on the women's block. When the hour was right, they'd crawl through, drop down into the catwalk on the other side, and walk through the open doors into the trustee's cell. That was the moment of truth. Roman would then have to roll the dice and walk out into the bright fluorescent lit hallway fully monitored by CCTV as if they owned the place and pretend that they were just a couple of trustees headed to the rooftop for a smoke no big deal we do it all the time once up on the roof well that gets a little trickier they'd have to find a way down four floors to the ground Roman thought he had it solved though There should be a four inch sewage line running from the basement all the way up to the roof to vent. And that line would be right in the corner where the two exterior walls came together. Roman told Frank he had remembered seeing such a pipe when he was brought in. He told Frank how the deputies bragged about how the jail was escape proof. There weren't any windows to lower themselves out of to escape. And that's another reason why the jail didn't have a razor wire fence around the perimeter. For what? Ain't no windows to jump out of, you damn fool. Frank looked at Roman, nodded his head, and slapped his leg. Well, sounds like a fine plan, then. Just a minor tweak, if you don't mind, Frank said. How about we skip the hooch for the sake of precious time, and let me substitute something quicker and more effective? What do you have in mind, Roman queried. Ludes. I can get them smuggled in easy enough. Plus a few extra dollars we make off him might come in handy, don't you think? Frank eyed Roman to see if he was on board. Perfect, Roman said. Absolutely perfect. Thank you for listening to Shadow Life, The Roman Files. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, please consider clicking on the Support the Show button. make a small donation a portion of the proceeds will go to those in need of mental health services like the trevor project and brain and behavioral research foundation